Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Hello everyone, welcome to the Serbian Corner, show where a couple of Serbians talk about the Nuggets. We are on the DMVR YouTube channel, DMVR Nuggets podcast feed. My name is Voya, hailing to you from Lincoln. Today with me as always is Miroslav from Pancho. What's up man? You, you don't know how lucky you are that this modern technology is not modern enough so you can smell my t-shirts right now because I just <laughs> got off my pickup basketball game so <laughs> hopefully it will not transmit. It's not, it's, not, it's not 6D, so we're good. <laughs> that's right. That's right. <laughs> Hello, <Yeah>. everybody. <laughs> so what we do on the show is a weekly recap of Nuggets basketball, some quick takeaways, main themes, disagreements, uh, everything else in between. Uh, and so we'll start off, uh, as we always do, with uh, Rakia shots. Uh, this is, uh, Rakia is a Serbian national alcoholic drink, uh, usually taken before dinner to make a toast. So what the segment would be is just a quick headline, something to, I guess, toast about or something that made a big impression on us uh, quick and strongly this week. So why don't you start us off? What are you drinking this fine Saturday, I guess, morning for most of us in the States? I've called it crowning of the king because (laughs) big media is finally accepting the MVP as the big dog of the league. Two (laughs) things actually happened this week on the big media that really got my attention. First, the NBA.com made a beautiful video about Nikola Jokic, his unorthodox dominance on the basketball court and the long strides he's made from the almost unknown second-round pick to being the best player in the world. I think this video is a year late, but better late than never. When I think about it, it is strange they haven't taken that American dream angle on it before. You know, it, it's, it really is a, the American dream story. <laughs> and and the other thing was Jay Williams calling out the big media talking heads for not having Nicola in their headlines on the first take on ESPN a couple of days ago. He was presenting Nicola's historic numbers that are even more impressive than last year's from his MVP campaign. And he also talked about the context of Nicola dragging the injured Nuggets roster to, this, to secure playoff spot. Now... Stephen A. Smith, who was in the studio with him uh, back then, he was cornered and he delivered a very honest rant on why the headlines <laughs> do not start with Nikolai as the, his uh, personal frontrunner. He admitted he is his MVP frontrunner, but you know he acknowledged that Nikola is Nikola's amazing accomplishments this season, and he talked uh, about how there is nobody out there. Not, not recognizing him as a top dog in the league, but also he confessed that the fact that there is no drama around him, coupled with the fact that Denver is not the coastal market, is the reason he and his colleagues still begin every show with uh, talking about you know Lakers drama. He admitted he is disgusted with the number of the Knicks games yeah. on the national team <laughs> and so on. So it was literally a dream scenario for me. Like I was... Stephen A's puppet master making him say those things. I was so happy. We won. won. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I get why you're feeling it. It's just funny to me. Like, I don't really feel like we won anything. Well, at least from, I didn't win it. Well, I didn't win anything or I really don't care because I never cared when they didn't cover him or they were like dismissing of him. So I don't really care if now that they're covering him. Like, also, it's funny. Like, NBA finally made a video and then they put a wrong country on the. 
on the on the highway like That's sign. Right. It wasn't there was no Belgrade on it or Sombor. Like it was just it was Croatian cities, which is like no offense to Croatia, just it's on it's a different country. Come It'll on, be man. Like, you know, close, close enough, close yeah, enough. It's <laughs> not too bad. Yeah, no, but it's still funny. Like you know, just <laughs> do little research. Like it's not that it, it would be basically like. You know, trying to talking about like LeBron Zachron and putting in like Lincoln, Nebraska as a, uh, you know, as his as his thing. So that was also funny. But yeah, I mean, you're right. It, is, it does feel good. Like it's still weird that because they have such a big voice, like we do feel like oh, it's a, finally some validation. I really, I personally don't don't really care that much. Like they can, you know, it's late to the party anyway. Like I don't, you know, now you're now you're finally getting it and that he's good. And then the fact that they admitted it was even like more. It, it's more hilarious to me because we all knew it's just that it's finally they said it like yeah he doesn't have drama so we, it's not that interesting like again they're outing themselves as really incompetent like actually sports analyst people like i guess i don't know if because the point is i don't know what their point of the show is is it point of just a just a drama ratings and and be sensationalistic journalism or do they actually want to talk about basketball if they, they, that's the things like they're under like they're they're like presenting themselves like they're you know, they're analyzers and analysts and, and like talking about how they know ball and all that crap. But but then they admit that you actually just want to cover more of this stuff because of the drama outside of the court. So it's like I love that Jay Williams called him out. Like he's you know he, <laughs> it should I be enough to, that he's a good basketball player, like not that he has Instagram followers. Like <laughs> I swear to God, at one point I thought he would say, like, don't listen to me about things about basketball when zach low comes here then you can listen to the basketball takes i'm here you know to 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 make everything shiny and and yeah. <laughs> attractive for for casual viewers i don't know it yeah. was it was really fulfilling i have yeah. to be honest it's uh, fine it's, for me also it's funny because like you talk about first you know the what what, what was undisputed skip shannon sharp i mean so shannon sharp's like i'm like please you know he's fine like he's a denver legend it just always clears to me like what He's like his arguments for Jokic are like that's why Skip is so loud. Is like because it's easily beatable. Like your main argument for Jokic is that he's a center that pushes the break. You've never seen that before. It's like that's your one thing. You rest your argument. He can pass in transition. Like yes, that's sensational. But like again, we've seen Magic at six ten do it. Like it's not unseen before. It's just that that's right. if that's your only argument, just don't argue. Like you clearly don't know a thing about it. It's, and then you know, then you have the ESPN like roundtables of you know, the Perkinses and all these, like, uh, so I'll add this because, like, I'm really tired of the MVP discussion and all that stuff. It's just, it's funny because Luca is, like, doing sensational things too. That's right. It's just that he started, it's kind of like the Jokic in 2018 or 2019-20, like, when they're really good, it's just that he started the season off poorly. And they they rated him so low that now it's really hard for him to, like, backtrack that now they have to actually prove themselves wrong from the beginning of the season by not putting him in higher and so now he's like he can't claw back in same thing with the rosen like he was so disregarded that now it's like really tough like to to push him out you know back up and then also with luca because they were having him his favorite last year now he has to actually work harder to get up there and then of course Giannis is just a more puzzling one to me he's like three you know actually four years in a row he's probably the best consistent best player in the league um as much as we love Jokic, Giannis has probably even been higher uh level and with winning the championship and everything now added added on top of that is that he's also rated third he's hilarious just because like he won two so you know we're we're used to it like it's always shifting criteria is always stupid so like especially after last last night's game if we if the Nuggets keep slipping on some of these like games they should win Jokic will not win an MVP so uh, people start we have to I should suggest people start like thinking about that, you know, that avenue. Because don't get outraged if we end up being seventh and he doesn't win the MVP. Because honestly, in that case he shouldn't. <laughs> yeah, sure, sure, absolutely. It would be it would be a really really rare situation to to get uh, to get a seventh seed with with the MVP. And honestly, it, it wouldn't be deserved. Yeah, uh, team, and just just a quick about. quick reminder before we move on uh, for our, for our Serbian listeners just. Keep it in English. I forgot to mention that at the beginning for just for everyone, for advertisers, for us, to everyone be involved. So make sure to have that. And I saw a comment. It was like, I'd rather have Jokic respect of guys like Embiid, Kobe, Bill Walton, LeBron, and Greg Popovich over the respect of guys like Nick Wright and Skip Bayless. Uh, THTR201 uh, commented. Completely agree. Like I said that before, like when 
people were outraged about Nick Wright. I'm like, who is who was who is he? Like, why is he the authority of, on anything? Not just basketball, just anything in life. Um, and the fact you know when Popovich sells, he's a he's a Brad, you know, Larry Bird uh, reincarnation, and then you know the commentator on the Celtics that is watching all those Celtics series confirms it, and all these guys are praising him. These like talking heads shouldn't matter. Like, they That's really right. shouldn't. I yeah. agree. I really agree. Okay, right, let's let's move on. What's our second shot? What do you have? Yeah, well, it, it was kind of a surprise to me. I, I've heard, first heard it like three, four days ago that Coach Pesic is visiting Nikola Jokic this weekend. He is the coach of the Serbian national team, Svetislav Kari Pesic. And, uh, the first shoot first curry. <laughs> yeah, the first curry. <laughs> well, actually, I don't know. Yeah, he's probably older than Del Curry as yeah, well. Yeah, of course yeah, he is. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I believe he will be in Denver to watch the game against the Celtics, and he will take that opportunity to talk to Nicola about possibly playing for the national team on the Eurobasket this September. Just to set up the stage a bit, Coach Pesic is a very experienced coach who already won Eurobasket gold with Yugoslavia in 2001, and then FIBA World Cup gold in 2002. Nikola's coach, Dan Milojevic, who we spoke about last week, was playing for those teams alongside Peđe Stojaković, Vlade Divac, Dejan Bodiroga, Marko Jaric, just to mention a few stars from that team. This uh, uh, coach, uh, this uh, team uh, defeated uh, George Carl's team USA, led by Paul Pierce, Michael Finley, Andre Miller, Sean Marion and Baron Davis in the quarterfinals in 2002, and then won gold medal against Argentina with Ginobili, Scola, Roberto, and Nocioni. I think this visit is significant and will give my and I will give my early prediction that Nicola will in fact play at Eurobasket this September, and it is based on the fact that he he has always expressed how important it is for him to play for the national team how he says says that uh, the Olympic silver medal is still his biggest basketball accomplishment, but also the circumstances are a lot different this season compared to the last year when he skipped the Olympics. And I'm not talking about him uh, being exhausted from two year, uh, from you know two seasons playing nonstop or about him and his wife expecting a baby shortly after the Olympics. I'm talking about how different next season will hopefully be for the Nuggets compared to this one. Because last summer, Nikola knew he wouldn't have Jamal for most of this season and that he needs to be in top shape from the jump for the Nuggets to have a chance to compete. You mentioned how how the first couple of months of Luka's season looked like because he played at the Olympics and then he came completely out of shape at the beginning of this season. And that will actually cost him the MVP uh, the MVP title this season because he really is playing like an MVP for the last three months or so. Uh, next September, the situation will co- hopefully be different and Nikola will be able to count on Jamal carrying the team while he plays himself into shape after the Eurobasket. And the Nuggets organization and Nuggets fan base owe to him to let him continue building his legacy and gold medals with the national team are a must in a proud basketball nation of Serbia. Yeah, I think that's, that's my. Yeah, opinion. I think I think it's a cool thing just that he's that he's um, cool and necessary. Not necessary. Like I've seen articles back home that are like he's going there to beg Jokic to play or like recruit him. I'm like I don't think. First of all, I don't think Pesic begs anyone. Like, and then right. they shouldn't. Like, people should want to play for the national team. Like, there shouldn't be any recruiting involved. If if that's true, and if Jokic is getting like you know begged to play, like that that sucks. Like I wouldn't want to see that because no one like he's not. As much as you know, as good as he is, like no one, no one, uh, no one deserves to be begged to play for the national team. Like that should just be a thing you want to do. And we've seen Serbia do much better when there's even less talent, but when people that want to play are on that team. Um, so, so, so that's that's my first thing. And I don't think he's do, you know he's coming here to beg. I think it's necessary because of this like weird uh, FIBA windows that, that people have. So for, for people that don't know, uh, FIBA does this thing in America is part of that too with qualifiers. It's just that this side of the continent is like so weaker in competition that America can go. I think Matt Ryan from the Grand Rapids Gold was on that one of those teams like recently they played, I think, Puerto Rico uh, in one of the, those qualifyings. Joe Johnson's on that team. He's not, he's, I don't know if he's pro and he's 
playing for that team. So it's so they're doing these like weird soccer type windows of qualifiers where in the middle of the season they just have a weekend when t- national teams play for uh, to qualify for a championship. It used to be in the off season you would go and qualify, uh, and then and then you would play f- later in the summer or something like for the for that um, for that competition, whatever it is. So right now it's so weird. That's why Serbia had had a little trouble qualifying for the Olympics because there was so many with all this weird COVID season, like so many you know, injuries and, and, and cancellations and for, for playing for the team to didn't even qualify. Uh, previous seasons, we barely qualified, I think, for, for a previous competition because of this same thing, because all of our players are so good and they're, you know, the top talent is so good. They're playing for all these competitions that don't allow them to take a weekend off. So NBA, EuroLeague, they don't let players just go for a weekend uh, because there's still games going on. So there's that weird like jockeying with FIBA for that. It's so weird. And then they also shorten like NBA has a rule. Some you know, can practice for for a month after season's done or some stuff like that too. And I think this is important for Persis to come, not for Jokic also. He's gonna, probably going to go to see Bogdan and Bielica and probably talk to Dan Milovic, all these guys just so they can be on the same page because they have so little time in training camp and you want your best players and your coach to be on the same page. So this is kind of going to be cool if, you know, talk to Jokic and see like, Hey, where we are, what you, what are you thinking uh, for, for, you know, for, for that competition? If we, if we play, like, what do you, maybe even some like tactical stuff or just in general, like what you can count on. Cause if you, if you have an idea, if you can gauge and he's a really good coach, like he can probably like, discern if Jokic will he's interested in playing in Bogdan if if he can play in Bielica he can already start planning ahead of like hey maybe I'm not counting on this guy and and play for some contingencies okay what's what's going to happen if Jokic is not playing who can we count on what team I'm going to build around because it's not always about just putting you know, people on a spreadsheet the best talent like you sometimes you have to you know get the best fits not just best uh best players so um that's really for me. That's really cool. I just don't think you know. It was funny just seeing Serbian you know tabloid article type headlines of like begging Jokic to come and all that bullshit. So it's gonna become it's gonna be fun to see him just like just to see Denver and like see him in the stands like I like a cool situation. I, I, I'm not reading that bullshit at all. I, that's I, the only well. That was the only way I can see if that's actually <laughs> yeah. true because you said he's coming to America. I'm like. I, yeah. There's no other way to check besides that. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, and also there's like Ogi Stankovic is here too as an assistant, so like you'll talk to him. Maybe you know who knows, knock on wood, like he'll be a part of the national team, like with Jokic as one of the one of the assistants. So that's going to be a cool, uh, cool development if that happens. So, you know, so yeah, and and yeah. Pesic is doing this this uh, job as a pro, meaning he's not training any any. Uh, uh, club during the season he's only concentrated on the national team so this is why he's able to travel and visit uh, visit the the players he, he counts on so that's that's pretty cool and and honestly it's the only it's the only way to make this connection with the players uh, feel natural in these days because you know it's easy for us to speak how back in the 80s everybody was playing for the national team back in the 80s the world was a completely different different yeah, world yeah. than what it is today and uh, you had the uh, players playing until age 27 in the in the national league before being able to go abroad because it was just not allowed for them to go out so different different things different eras so i'm i'm uh, i'm really glad uh Pesic took took uh, a chance on this team and i really hope i really hope they will uh, they will be able to assemble the team of stars for this uh, European Championship, Euro, uh, Eurobasket, because the last gold we have is from that 2002 World Cup with Pesic as a head coach as well. So 20 years is too long for for national nation, nation nation of Serbia not to have basketball gold. Yep, I agree there. Uh, so yeah, let's uh, let's move on. Let's see what what my rocket shot is. Uh, well, yeah, so it's Bones uh, finishing – well, it's just the Bones this this week, but particularly finishing a uh, tight game last night in overtime, fourth quarter in overtime. Uh, I think he was one of the reasons we blew the lead in the overtime and had some mistakes that uh, – they're basically rookie mistakes. Like, it's, it's a saying for a reason. So – I but I think it's a really good – like a – 
you know, schooling game. You know, this is like there's a lot of films you can show them like, hey, you did great. There's the things that you did really well. But there are these like specific situations where directly your lack of focus and like engagement cost us like a, a points on the board, like direct correlation or like couple offensive you allow a couple offensive rebounds because you you just based at that moment and didn't box out your guy. Like you're because usually he plays on ball um and he's a guy you know like in the second unit so he's involved in the direct action and he's rarely off ball and, and guarding a guy that's just you know like lamar stevens or or isaac okoro just you know the guys that are that's their job like doing the tory craig things um so that that was really good to just there's you know there's going to be film like hey these are the things you got to pick up because you're too good on offense and you know and there's going to be some notes on offense too but like you're too good of a influence not to leave you in there, but if you make mistakes like this, we can't put you in there because those are the mistakes that cost your playoff game, and you know you don't want to lose a playoff game because of a couple offensive rebounds in tight spots. Because that's what you know. When you, ultimately, when we want to win a championship, it's in the details, uh, not just. I mean, obviously, it's you. You need that bulk to get you to the playoffs and get you as far as they can, like the bulk talent and stuff. But some of the mistakes that that happened yesterday were very, the very much kind of dis, you know discouraging in a way because it's so late in the season and they're still happening you know the turnovers the unforced errors you know some of these lapses in concentration uh I, i'm just glad malone didn't pull him like that that could have been easily done and even though monte i don't know i haven't like i honestly just tuned out after after that game watched some college ball i don't know if there's any news about why monte didn't play a lot was it injury or just benching no, no, like, i, I hope it's yet. just benching so so he still had Monte available. Then doesn't matter if he was bad in the first half. He still had him available uh, to to sub in. Um, so that that was good that you know Malone did that thing. And it was for me, it was a loss to like because it happened like that. I'm fine with because Bones is going to learn from this a lot. Uh, same same note on the offense from him is uh, you can see that we were missing Monte two man game with Jokic because no matter how. You know that's a step down from from Murray, and like even a step down for Barton when Barton's playing well. Monte has has gotten used to like taking the control in uh, in this game and in the games and attacking. Uh, Bones was just because again he was a rookie, and I know that's like a good thing. You can see that kind of timidness because of he's with playing with better players, so he's not trying to jack up shots at the end to you know because. Um, so, I, but I, but I think like that's also learning a learning point for him to like relax in these situations. Like, hey, you're doing a two man game. You're the point guard. Take some responsibility on your on yourself as well, and try to attack when Jokic is like double triple teamed. Like, it's up to you to attack that on weak side. It doesn't even have to finish, but at least just kick out to players to for open shots. It was a lot of like, what are we gonna do if we can't get the ball to Jokic? A lot of standing around, and then like, Barton's obviously the one that's gonna take that shot. Um, and he wasn't on t- yesterday, so I think it was a really good love that Bones was there, and especially at the Cleveland's game. Philly's great, like that's like the game you you know he took over all that stuff. The shots are going in. Philly wasn't respecting him to you know to get out his shot, but Cleveland actually was like a real tight game at the end with a good defense. That I'm glad. I hope he learns from a lot from it. And I think he will. I I I really think Malone was was trying out something new yesterday. Because it doesn't make a lot of sense to to bench Monte and play Barton in the in the final stretch with him being so cold during this game. I think he was trying to to be really long to try. I to think that's big, what yeah, that's yeah, what it to, was. To yeah, put, yeah. yeah, to put the biggest possible fire. They were out huge. There. They, they were huge. Yeah. 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 I agree. And uh, <laughs> it's really strange. I mean, he wanted uh, obviously he wanted to re- to reward Bones for playing well. Uh, during this uh, last several games, and and he deserved those minutes, and I don't know how much better of defense we got from Barton compared to what we would got from Bones on his spot and with Monte playing playing the point. On the other hand, I think it's it's really hard to say what what would be the best solution out there because Nuggets really had this game wrapped up the the cleveland was literally giving themselves up several times nuggets made some yeah. really really silly mistakes 
at the end of regulation and also in in the in the overtime it was it was really frustrating but as matt moore said listen it was a three three game road trip they've gone two and one i guess basketball gods gave 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 one away from from denver because they've you know made that 19 point comeback against philly so maybe in the big scheme of things it was logical for them to drop one after is after the basketball one. god scott foster or <laughs> <laughs> scott foster lo- loves that camera man he loves yeah, he to was, go uh... to the camera and and look look handsome there yeah he was he was he was i didn't know he was refing and then then it was up 10 12 in the fourth and it was like not on my watch you'll know that i was a part of this game so started calling some stuff like it was it was i kind of wrote that down it was like around if they're up 12 it was it was a 10 minutes or six or seven minutes he called that goaltending and gordon and then he called a called the trap uh, called out of bounds from a cross court position like it even wasn't there was a ref there and he called it from like another place uh that was just in a row so like they went from 12 to like seven and within like uh, within a within a couple of minutes, and just made it a game, and then he called that three, and then the travel, and the it was just funny, just like how much he was. That we know the ref's name, it kind of sucks. Uh, did, but I mean, did, there was a lot of like reasons they lost. It just that was a, one of them that kind of blew. That that was a case. You know, after the game, Nicola was describing that last position in the in the regulation, and he said, "I don't know, man. I'm I'm used to having either Jamal or Monte." Yeah, yeah, that one was definitely do, that's the bones. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, do you think that was a knock on on Malone? Uh, no, I don't. Th- I mean that comment. I don't know. I don't know if it was a knock. It was just a, I think it was just a statement, and maybe I mean maybe it was like, hey, like give me give me the guys I'm used to. Uh, I don't care if he played badly. Like trust him at the end because it's kind of weird that the 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 adjustments that he made was so strange that way, and also just not making adjustment of he he's done. Uh, that before benching Barton, not putting Rivers back in because they're similar height anyway. Because uh, I understand the height. The the point is that he kept what we talked about. He kept Barton in because of also the rebounds. But it was funny. Just again, Barton's not really great at boxing out uh, right. and like collapsing on the board. So it's just that was like an odd one. Like as much as he was good uh, against Philly and calling pushing the right buttons, it was just weird. Um, but yeah, I think that was, he's used to, of course, he's used to being with Monte. Like it was, there was just, they were off by a little bit. And again, because like how Bones wasn't attacking. So it was just, everyone knew from Cleveland that Bones wasn't there to finish. Like Monte would have, if they all overloaded, Monte would have shot the shot. It doesn't matter if Jokic wouldn't get the ball. If there's three of them are going to be on Jokic, he's going to take responsibility and be fine with it. With Bones, they all knew like he's not going to be there to take it upon himself to shoot. Which again is is a good, which means like he was g- properly like trained within the Nuggets organization of like, hey, you know your hierarchy. Like he's not just jacking up shots because everyone would ask like, why didn't he get the ball to Jokic? That now the, you know the, the flip part of it is because everyone knew he was going to get the ball to Jokic, they could set up the defense, and he was waiting too long. Uh, because that's the things, that's the chemistry, that's knowing how long it takes you to get into that motion with pick and roll motion with Jokic. He doesn't know, like he maybe was used to being quicker on the second unit and him attacking, so it doesn't take five or six seconds to set it up. With him, it only maybe takes three or four. He started late, and it ended up being like a sambar shuffle three, and almost went in. But that's, I think that was that, that was the thing because he doesn't have Monte, even Barton there. Like, that's imagine the energy we would have right now if that sambar shuffle went in. But so, so it, would be, it would have been such bullshit if that went he, in. He, he actually, he actually missed. Missed several summer shuffles in a row, which yeah. is which is really strange. Something something's going on. Maybe he's not maybe he's not practicing enough anymore. Like he's not maybe practicing. maybe he's trying to. You know, when you play pickup basketball and before the game you just start jacking some ridiculous shots, so you miss all of them before you start actually playing and counting the result. And then if you if you uh, waste all, or spend all of your misses beforehand. And then when the real push comes to shove, then you just start yeah, yeah, scoring. Yeah. Maybe yeah. he's doing that, just missing yeah. everything before before the playoffs. A soft question from THTR: the is it is it the right time to reward Bones for minutes, and especially how uh, two man game has been with Monte and Jokic, and the wins are so important. I mean, I I, I honestly think it is because Jamal is going to get back 
hopefully soon. So you're going to have to, it's going to, you know, ruin the chemistry anyway. And you might depend on Bones in the future. So I'm rather him learning from this game in this crunch time uh, than, than learning in the playoffs because sometimes foul trouble might happen. They might play bad and he's playing well. So I'd rather him learn now than that's why this is my rocket. Like I'd rather him learn now than in two weeks when, when they're playing in the first round against a really good team. Like I'd rather want, want to see like, I don't care if it's an Okoro offensive rebound on a Friday in March, than an offensive rebound from like Andrew Wiggins uh, if they're playing Golden State in in like a couple of weeks for you know in the crunch time for the win, uh, so you know and especially because you don't have margin of error to lose, you can't go to seven games against some of these teams. I don't think you'll get to seven games if you go down again uh, in the sure. playoffs. So so there's every every little bit matters, and I think it's it was a fine enough. It, it wasn't ideal, obviously. Like we should have won, but I, I'd rather have this learning curve now than you know learning point now than later. Sure, sure. Yeah, I agree. Um, okay, yeah. Then people said Barton should have been way, you know, should be out way before Monte. I think it was that was that weird, like we need length uh, kind of type. So we're not getting into that now. Um, we might get into Barton later. I don't know. We might mention him because he's. It might have been the last straw for me yesterday. As like the last Serbian on his on his on the Barton train. <laughs> um, okay, so we we'll go to we'll go to Boric now. Let's go to our main course. Uh, nice juicy pastry dish, uh, as always. Uh, comes with cheese, spinach, meat. So it's well known because Nicole used to eat it. Uh, what this segment will be is something high caloric, something like very like juicy that we want to talk about this week. And so we'll start off uh, with the with the team win against the Sixers. So what did you think about that one? I, that's for me at least. Like I don't care that we we I care we lost, but I I really care that we won that game. Okay. Well, first of all. I have to say that I really like how Embiid played that game. He wasn't pulling a lot of bullshit moves like Harden did. Harden was really terrible <laughs> yeah. in this in this match, and Embiid was uh, had a you know violent, uh, valiant, valiant effort in this in this game. I I liked uh, how he was trying to 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 push his team to the to the victory and. I don't know, man. Those two really don't fit together. I mean, they're both great players, and great players usually tend to to fit together eventually. But Harden really, really wants a lob threat, and Embiid is everything else but a lob threat. He is just not his game, and he, they're going away from the from the uh, uh, heavy post up game with Embiid because they want to accommodate to. To the way Harden likes to, yeah. to to play in pick and rolls, and on the other hand, we had the Nuggets team with Nikola Jokic, who entered the game quite slowly and uh, uh, didn't have a lot of production in the in the first half, or at least in the first quarter. And then, of course, he got to his uh, more or less usual numbers by the end. But the effort for the whole team was really, really good, and I I liked. The way Boogie was saving the bench against Embiid, we've seen this several times now. That when you have a dominant center on the other side, they don't actually guard Jokic for the whole game. <laughs> they actually escape from the from Jokic, and it's not the players; it's the coaches. I don't blame the players, yeah, yeah. of course. So the coaches just take away in, in in this situation. Doc took away Embiid from Jokic to, to try and play against against the bench, and Boogie was really good in that. I mean. Of course, Embiid got to his 35 points or whatever, but Boogie didn't let the you know the the uh, the dam uh, be destroyed. You know, in in those minutes, he was really good. And Bones, of course, Bones had a had a masterful game. He, it was like yeah. like Adam said, it was the 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 coming of Bones Highland. And I I have to say. What Bones did in that game, that happened much sooner than I expected from him to happen. I was hoping for him to to get something like this in his, uh, you know, second season on the team, something like that. But this early, man, it's 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 really it's really mind-boggling. Yeah, it's it was great. I mean, you're right. It's, it was a team win. I, um, I'm kind of here and there with Embiid. I, I I hate the freaking middle of the paint step backs he shoots. It's so annoying, sure. like sure. because again, like it was kind of. I, mean, I was 
I was, I was rooting for those because he was missing them. But I, but I'm there yelling like, you could you couldn't score forty five. Just go in like because there was no one around him. He would just do that stuff. I don't know, uh, trying to save his energy or avoid contact. Like I've known it was just weird. And I don't know if Jokic got in his head because he wasn't getting as many free throws as as you would think for playing against one on one against the center. You so remember what that, we what we talked about last week? Will not Jokic be in the foul trouble? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was completely vice versa. Jokic yeah, had like was, one foul a, during the. It was really ironic, game. like that we were worried about Embiid fouling on Jokic and causing the the shift in a game with two or three quick fouls. And it was the other way around. It was Embiid got three fouls at plus nineteen, uh, and then went out the game, and Jokic started pushing the pace and uh, kind of destroyed him in transition to turn the game around. So that was that was really fun. But I think, like, because I don't know what happened in that third quarter. And beating us like four or five in a row, and just for no reason. And then De- Denver took over. He was um, guest. Yeah, but probably, I mean, yeah, they did play back to back. You know, he's not used to playing that. And, you know, I was, I, I honestly think if it wasn't Denver, he probably would have rested. But at this point, like, they really could, like, he was, I think he wanted to play. I think they were just like, we have to, there's no, if basically, if he's rested that, he loses the MVP. Yeah, like just just on the spot, like this way at least it's still up in the air because he played well and and Jokic was like fine and then now Jokic's losing. So like if, if you know we talked about it, if it goes to seventh, all that stuff. Now I saw the Giannis is not playing for the Bucks against the against the Wolves today, so uh, we might wow. actually end up being seventh tomorrow. Shoot, uh, or stuff like that. I don't know, is it? Is it well, yeah, it's still one one lost column, one in the last column. Uh, yeah, but but, but but the Wolves have the the yeah, the but it's not breaker. equal in the last column. That's what I mean. It's still one. Yeah. That's right. Uh, but it was, but it's just funny because like they're catching these breaks and it is what it is. They've been playing well too, and Dallas is as well. And it, it was just, I, I know. But uh, to get back to this, like Embiid, I like it. I just like Jokic's game more. It's just a preference oh. thing. Like this, yeah, <laughs> no question about it. It's, it's yeah. much more enjoyable to watch. But I just wanted to say, you know, I was afraid of some cheap shots of some of some uh, 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 foul hunting, and and I didn't see any of that. No, or maybe maybe just just a few of them. So that that was that was nice. And when when you saw that yeah, fourth yeah. quarter from Harden, then then you see yeah, how bad yeah. it can actually look like. Yeah, and it was cool. Like it was on ESPN. Bones was was funny because Bones was so charismatic and he had his people there. And it was just that was that like what we talked about earlier with Stephen A. saying like also stuff off the court. Like Bones, it's not only that he played well. It's just that they could actually that was like a good story that they can put out there like with the clip of, of him receiving the the sweatshirt from the fire department in from Delo from Wilmington, Delaware. Like he has 600, 500, 600 people there. Uh big pictures, you know, the the videos and with his favorite teacher giving her the game jersey, crying at the press conference. Obviously like not that wasn't a stunt of his. Like I'm just saying like they can make it really like put a nice package around that and show showcasing because you also had a really good game. The funniest thing to me was just, I mean, Philly fans, a lot of fans, you'd be like, oh, uh, Embiid had Bones Highland, and, uh, uh, Jokic had Bones Highland, and B didn't, as as if now Denver somehow has more help than Philly does with all their <laughs> max players there. I mean, the Harden's like a Incredible. MVP and like scoring champ, like triple, whatever, like just Harden by himself should be enough as as of help, like with uh, with that team. And then you add, you know, Thibault as the best defensive perimeter player in the league, and Tobias Harris, a max player. It just it was just funny that it turned out to be like, oh, Highland is the breaker. Like to you know the fact that people don't watch Nuggets, that was very evident. That you, you know they that think the... think he plays like that the whole entire season. Like Tyrese Maxey was probably better the entire season. The the rest of the Nuggets, uh, and not even counting Harden and 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 the rest of the guys. Like just Maxey by himself uh, was be- he's better help than most just by a season that he's got. So it was just hilarious. Also, for me, it was fun. Like, my, you know, might as well. Like, just that's the point of, for me, the MVP is like you're rallying your guys, making them play better than they might be for other teams. And Embiid was a great individually, but his team collapsed at the end. He he honestly, like, not collapsed, but he uh, he had a shot to tie the game. Like, he had this, this really, like, a dribble in three like, over Jokic. Jokic was far away. And then he passed it off to Niang to, you know, side of the backboard. Um, so I think it was kind of that was for me. That's the it's most valuable. It's not the best player in the league because yeah. best like what what you know that's also like who would you want to have in this one game series? Like who's the most versatile? Like obviously you maybe want to have Durant or some of the guys that can dribble the ball and like go one on one. 
on a seven game series more than Jokic, maybe. Like I wouldn't, but like that those are different arguments. But most valuable is like what the what the guy that that makes everyone around them play better. And Jokic had his teammates rally around him and play better than they than they they previously did because of his control of the game. That argument about Durant is who do you want for the last two minutes of regulation of the game seven when the when the result is tied, but you need to get to that point. Well, of course, from, yeah, from, yeah. from the from the jump, and you you have a, a system player in Jokic. <laughs> it was a joke that Jokic is a system player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The system <laughs> around him is producing his numbers, but he he really is the fulcrum of their offense and their defense, and uh, and there there is there is no other player like like him in that regard. And and about that uh, help he has versus Embiid, you know that uh, that. Uh, uh, Will Barton is Nuggets second. Uh, yeah, 14.8 points. 14.8. Yeah. That's the the last second scorer in the in the whole league. Yeah. If you look at the first and second score in the whole league, Will Barton is the last. And that's the not not the knock on any of the Nuggets players. If they had Jamal or if they had Porter, one of them would be scoring like 16, 17, 18, 19 points a game. So it's just very natural. Yeah, for, yeah. For, for that so yeah of course way. i mean and it's that's the thing is like you have more because of how Jokic plays like the things you like you're right it's he's a system player but not because of he's just a part of a system he is the system yeah and right. so he you have barton you have gordon you have monte like 14 14 13 boogie and uh, bones you know around almost 10 points you know jamichael eight like so it's very consistent around him which again begs the question of like do, is it better to have more consistent, you know, like seven or eight 15 point guys than, than a couple of 20, 20 to 5 percent, 20 to 25 point per game guys? It's that's like a debate for other times, but it just it's just funny that to see that comments like at the end of like, oh, he's you know, he has a better bench and like and beats carrying this, these bums. And I'm like, I don't know, man, 44 million for a bum, like it's <laughs> honestly, if we only look at that one game. Nuggets bench was better than Philly's bench. Yeah, it was, of course, and, was. but and but it's yeah. their starters that are that should be better than the than the Denver starters. That's the point. So much, so much better than Nuggets starters, and they, you know, the, it, it was like plus three in their in their favor or something like that. Yeah, they I, I except, have, you know, a lot of points. Like it's yeah, I have been to raising, say that's that's things that they've been raising. They showed a couple of nights in a row. They showed on the broadcast. There there were twenty seven points in October. Uh, bench was per game, and now they're forty three in February, March. So that's I mean, that's a lot of. I mean, you you had a lot of points there. So. Oh, and and Gordon was sick on that game, if you remember, yeah, and, yeah. and he played for only like twenty minutes, and he was a shelf of, of himself. So basically, without three starters, <laughs> come on, come on, Philly, you can do better. Yeah, yeah. But it's because again, like well, again, because there were there were much better excuses. You could have just said it's the second night of a back to back. We use that excuse all the time. It's a valid right. excuse. Like That's you were right. in in Toronto, it's the same thing happened with Golden State. You were in Sacramento, came back. Of course, you're not going to have gas in the fourth. Just say that instead of like having a better bench, because that means you're just talking out of your ass. Like you're not actually paying attention. So, um, and again, like I think they just ran out of gas too. Like it might be like if they're both fully, fully healthy. Like also, and including Gordon, then fully healthy as well, might have been the same outcome, but it might have been a different trajectory to that outcome. There is something, you know, about a team with Doc, River, Doc Rivers on that <laughs> helm and then, you know, having a plus 19 <laughs> yeah, in a good. game. That's never a good sign for them. <laughs> yeah. It was kind of also, yeah, was after two years they played and it was both comebacks, like Philly had control and then they lost it. It's just, it's the microcosm it. of Jokic's career. Like everyone is just having him like, oh, he's down by 20, he's done. And then he just comes back and takes it over and wins and... Yeah, that's that's okay. Do you want to you want to keep going? Yeah, I just wanted to say a couple of more things about the bench. You know, J Mike was really really good in this game on both sides yes. of, of the court, and you know, uh, we we also already mentioned Bones. We mentioned Boogie Rivers had some nice stretches as well. I I really like this this uh, this bench unit, and I'm so mm-hmm. scared that we will have to break them apart soon. So let's <laughs> let's move to another Burek of the week. Yeah, let's move on to that. It's well, th- th- we have the news, uh, Jamal and, and MPJ might be back now, and Malone kind of cold showered 
uh, poured you know, cold water on everyone yesterday when he said, uh, don't expect him soon. Again, it's his job. Like this, sh- people shouldn't like get too hyped. Uh, but again, like the, the, the G League, uh, two practices in a row, five on five, that kind of, there's a homestand. He might be back on some of them, maybe against the Clippers or like, you know, that would be like an interesting game because they're not as strong as the rest of the teams they play or stuff like that. But it begs the question, like, so what do we do now? We talked about bench being balanced. Like we have Forbes, a shooter. We have Bones, Boogie, J. Mike's playing well. Like Rivers is a good you know, defensive guard. The starters are okay. Like what are we close to having too many guys? That's stupid to say after yesterday's like collapse. Um is is it is it dumb to say we have too many guys? What do you think? Okay, so you have a team with many players on it, real players, and I, I was counting all of them. You have fourteen guys that are real N- NBA players, no questions asked. Actually, you have fifteen, but one of them is is Davon Reed, and he's on a on a two way contract, so he will not be able to play in the playoffs so even with him you would have 15 guys if you look at the list of the guards nuggets have i'm not talking about the top level uh, talent but i'm talking about guys that are deserving minutes because they've had really good stretches during this season yeah yeah. so when jamal returns he will be joined by monte bones faku barton rivers and forbes that's seven guys okay you can move Rivers to the to the wings and add him to a list of Gordon, Jeff Green, and Michael Porter. And then you go to the bigs and you over there have Jokic, you have Jermichael Green, you have Boogie Cousins, and you have Zeke Nagy. Zeke Nagy, who is an afterthought right now, he, he got injured in a really bad moment for himself because before that, J. Mike wasn't playing great. Yeah, and Zeke was taking over. He was part of the rotation, yeah. clearly, yeah. yeah. And then he just got sore knees, and J. Mike just used Boogie as his, you know, Alabama brother, <laughs> and that that combo is is really destroying worlds, uh, destroying other other benches. So, you know, you only have Vladko who is injured. He might come back, but he will probably not be a part of any kind of rotation. Yeah, you have Marcus Howard. We we haven't heard about him in a long yeah, time he's probably now. not yeah yeah he's also not too but other so. guys i mean listen man if we have 14 guys and we'll probably have like like eight of them playing in the playoffs that's six guys that will not be playing in every game six guys that might only come in, in four quarter if if it's a blowout in the playoffs who, who do you think gets cut of the rotation first in, uh, in that I think, well, I think Najee's probably out, and there's unless there's like an injury, because it, it's not that because because that's the things like that second unit when they brought Forbes, it's just it's so weird. Like I don't know, it's just fun to me, like how basketball NBA basketball works sometimes. Is that like, you have these teams, just like you have these ingredients, just how you cook them up, like because Bo- Forbes got here, so you have that you know reliable shooter, even though he was like one of four or whatever from last night. But you have a reliable shooter that you can't leave. So now you're not relying anymore on Jamichael Green making those three-pointers. You have enough with Bones and, and Forbes. So what happens now? Then he becomes a dunker spot guy, which is his natural, more of a natural position, and just like an offensive bully and a finisher, and then also and then controlling the defensive board. So all of a sudden you unlock him in the best spot possible. The reason for me him over Naji is is just the defensive end. Uh, as much as Naji's a good Naji's a good switchable defender and can and can keep up with the guys, his defensive rebounding was an issue, uh, and he doesn't have that consistency. And so, imagine a game like yesterday, you don't have a guy that they can cl- you know basically clear up the glass with uh, with Cousins on on the team when when the other team has like Kevin Love and uh, in Mobley and Markin and you know in the in the rotation, not even Jared Allen yesterday. Yeah. So I think that's why Zeke falls off even though he's he's a shooter if michael porter comes back you already have that covered you do and you have part of the rebounding with michael porter so uh i think like jamichael is 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 the guy f- up along with boogie that's like a thing how how um, safe do you think jeff green is he he is yeah he's like a question mark i think he's okay safe uh is it, because i don't know if michael porter will be 
available completely. Also, the problem always with Michael Porter is the is the playoff minutes because of just he did because of all these injuries he didn't have a chance to. You know he's probably he's a we can subject to he's a little bit of a slower learner than the rest. Like he he absorbs all these like intricacies less than than the rest. So he took like a couple of playoff runs for him to come into the season. And I remember like the first Phoenix game when he was still probably less injured. Like he was doing a lot of these little things that are important. It's just that after all these injuries, he'll probably regress to the whatever he knows best to do. And it's shooting mostly and, and picking up some rebounds. But all these little things that Jeff does that help get easy points. You know, we talked about the transition pin downs uh, in, in the paint, like some of that, you know, some of the cuts, uh, athletic plays that, that you know, leaking out in transition and not dropping the ball when you catch it. Uh, so I think he's probably safe for a few minutes just to be, like, considered in there. I think we're good with Jeff. Do, um, do, do you think it would be beneficial for them, for for both Michael Porter and Jeff Green to play, let's say, less than 20 minutes per game in playoffs? Probably, probably. I mean, especially coming off of the back surgery, like not in general, but uh, I, you know, that's like, I think you, you kind of split them up because we saw like Jeff Green, because Jeff Green might be important like in the minutes that are not the crunch time. Like you want him to have those easy points at the beginning of the games where people are still like, you know, it's the boxing match. So if they're still feeling each other out, you you throw in Jeff Green, he does those little things we talked that I just mentioned, and he gets you like six to six to eight points just quickly, and then you might not even play again. And he's a veteran enough to like he lived through those moments when he would play maybe the whole half, you know, most of the half, and then just doesn't come in the, the next. So I think we're good with him either way. Like I think he's he understands the NBA well enough not to like cause any chemistry problems if he doesn't play. And I think with Porter's injuries, I would I think it's more safe to have him for a little bit in there. So kind of split them, split it between them on Gordon at the at the paired position with them. So, okay. So uh, let me take another step forward. Let's say we play the, the the Golden State Warriors in the first round, because unless there is this this doomsday scenario when Nuggets fall down to 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 seventh position in the seventh seed. Which bigs do you think the Nuggets should play against against the Warriors? Oof, uh, I mean, obviously, Jokic Gordon. Uh, let's see. I think. I mean, I think Jeff from Boogie from the bench. Like, I mean, I think that's you have to have those two in the bench. Like, they can they have a chance to bully these teams, especially. And, and we talk about Golden State; they really don't have a backup. So I think Jeff and Boogie could actually make some difference in the in those minutes. The Jokic's not playing. Just by bully ball, and I think also you have a luxury of um, if putting you know Jamichael. Sorry, I said Jamichael, not Jeff. Jamichael yeah, yeah. and and Boogie, and you have luxury of having Jamichael with Jokic at some points too, because he they already know each other. They, they play well together. He fits uh, with both of those guys. Um, and I, th- I mean, I think you got to have Michael Porter just to just to respond on on the shooting, like, and you'll see like. And again, but it's really tough. Like that's why we kind of having this desaboric. Like then, I'm, then my brain goes to like, man, on the offensive end for the for the Warriors, like they're so they move all the time. They're so smart. Would they actually would they expose Michael Porter too much? Like would would he would his head be on a swivel all the time and not 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 being sure where to cover or where to go on defense? So that's kind of so but that's why you have jeff green as a veteran that's you just plug him in then and you you're kind of covered like he at least has those little fundamental things better than than michael porter right now so i think i don't know if malone will do it like but i think there's you have options and you keep it open like you can't be like this is the seven i play you know hell or high water i think you gotta gotta adjust on the fly do you think you could afford playing uh playing uh, Forbes in that series? Uh, well, I mean, again, it's one of those, like, it depends. They have on some how, really good guards. Yeah, but it depends on, on how, yeah, that's true. It depends on how Bones plays, too. It's just that if you have Rivers and Murray and you go with just wings, of, you know, three to four, like you go Murray, MPJ, uh, Rivers, and uh, J- J- Jermichael, you know, Boogie, like that might be good enough. Uh, so because I think again, I think Forbes is one of those guys like he's also he's been there, he won the championship last year like that. He played against Miami, played great, then he didn't play the next series. It's just series to series. And I think that was that was a good there was good acquisitions by Tim Connolly because you're not getting 
pouty guys. Like you can have a guy that's like going to be fine if he doesn't play that series. And that's the luxury. That's why I think we, we don't have a problem with having too many guys because I understand, I think they understand the hierarchy. Like it's not a, it's not going to happen like, oh, he's going to start making a scene in the locker room because he didn't play against Golden State, but then he comes the next round and wins the series against whatever, Memphis. I don't – obviously, like, long shot, but I'm saying, like, whatever can happen. So, Do, do you have a preferred matchup right now for the round one? I mean, it's Let's... still Warriors. It's got to be Warriors because of the Steph injury, like – and yeah. then the point that no one can guard Jokic in that lineup if they really, like, are calling it like they should. Um, oh, you forgot about James Weissman? <laughs> <laughs> well, still, he again, I'm saying no one can guard him. <laughs> He's still going to be doubling and stuff. So, so it's. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I kind of still like the Utah matchup because of the, of the flammable, uh, flammable uh, nature of that, uh, of that Utah team that they could just at one point uh, uh, disperse. Into nothing, and I mean uh, maybe yeah. If I mean Conley's been slipping, so maybe that's because he was a big big deal in the bubble. Uh, yeah. A lot of times, like you know, when when Donovan wasn't scoring fifties, like Conley was the guy they can rely on that secondary ball handler. Like we'll see. Uh, it's it's definitely interesting. Like I really don't like that's things. Like I really don't have a preferred at this point. Like when you're this in this type of this type of team this year, and the, where are you in the standings? there's no preferred like you're not none of them all of them can beat you like it's just a reality like everyone has a thing that they can throw at you and if that works for them you're done either way like again but i'm saying like nuggets could in that first round beat someone that's not phoenix let's say they lose the 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 first round for the first time okay in in in, in Jokic tenure how many games at minimum minimum would you would you feel it's okay. I mean, do they need to go to game six, game seven for you to feel? It also depends. Okay so if they it? if if they take on the Warriors and Steph is not playing and they lose in six, it sucks. Like that's sure. that sure. you should barely you should basically win if Steph's not playing against oh, the Warriors. Uh, probably in five or six. Like if we're gonna go that far, if Steph's playing and he's healthy and everything, you lose to the Warriors four two is fine. Like the Warriors that they're like this right now, like they might win it. Uh, and might give Phoenix a hard time. So, four, you know, four two, four three, like great. Four one, not great. Sweep is obviously be catastrophic because again, you don't have a Jokic matchup on the other end. So he should win you one or two games at least. Um, the other, you know, Memphis, that would suck. Like that would hopefully go to seven, uh, and you know, six and five would suck because again, Memphis is also so young and. Uh, uh, you know, then Phoenix, if it ends up being you know the play-in, and you go to go to eight eight seed with Phoenix, like then I, I expect to sweep. Honestly, going to a plane would suck so bad after all the heroic wins we got. But but man, like Timberwolves, they just don't lose games. <laughs> yeah, I think, but but I think they they um, uh, they, I think they uh, they they have a lot. Of, Tough, a lot of tough schedule, I think, than Nuggets. So I think they might, it might happen. I was talking about in the in the Nuggets Serbia today. Like they, we might happen to have a, or I don't know if it was, I don't know if I mentioned it, or just in general. I, I think like we might see a situation where both teams lose, but Nuggets are still sixth um, because just equally they're losing. So we'll see. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's getting messy. It's getting messy, and nobody knows anything. Right now, regarding the seeding, we know that that uh, the Phoenix is number one and probably Memphis number two. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably it's fine. I mean, but again, like we're this is like I saw someone in Serbia and says, "We, you know, we should stop with pessimistic." It's honestly, it's not pessimistic. We're just what the options could be and what would be understandable. Let's. I mean, I, honestly, I, I we shouldn't talk yet about it. We have got to see if we're going to make the playoffs and all that. Um, but I, th- I think there's there's legitimate questions of like, oh, what's the success of the season? I'm honestly, I'm tempering my expectations. Like for me, first round exit wouldn't be a dis- disgrace, wouldn't be bad. And right. we might see like people have to understand the, these guys are coming off of injuries. And if they come back, we might see a worse team that we've had before. Uh, because just if they're not ready, like, and you want to have them ready and you want to give them the, the, the ball in their hands because they're the max guys, we might be worse off 
than we were with Monte and, and Barton because of just how the, you know how the cookie crumbled. So and how they're in their uh, development. So uh, we'll see. I mean, I'm, I'm excited to see him play. I'd rather I'd rather be in either heaven or hell than in purgatory this entire season. I'd rather see them whatever they are, uh, even if even if we lose because Murray's not ready. I'd rather see that than just being like, okay, we might win the first round like last year, but still be in like a question mark in the off season. So this way we still we'll know what to what to do for next season, what to expect. So. Yeah, and and you know when Jamal returns, he will look rough for first ten games for sure. I mean, yeah, we we have that that image of him, you know, scoring fifty in the bubble, and uh, and it will well, not fifty look against like the Cavs like last year too. Like he was yeah, really good. That's right. That's right. So don't expect great things in first ten games, and unfortunately. But like but five, if we get that, five of them can can be in the playoffs. Yeah, but if but if we see good things in the first five games, then expect us to be hyped to win the championship. So uh, we'll we'll go crazy. So. <laughs> of course, of course, we'll do. <laughs> we'll get <Yeah>. drunk. <laughs> exactly. So that's good. That that probably sums it up. We should probably stop there before we start fantasizing about Jamal's fifties again. <laughs> uh, we'll see what happens. We'll see next year. Hopefully, by next week, we'll know. We either see them or not. So. Uh, thanks everyone for watching us. Follow follow DNVR everywhere on these uh, on these uh, web uh, pages and social media and all that. Nuggets uh, DNVR Sports YouTube DNVR Nuggets podcast feed. We're on Twitter. Uh, follow us there. See what we think during the week and all that. So we'll see you next week. Either more Nuggets. Let's go Nuggets.